the we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pound. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, simultv.com, simultv.com. What's simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about SIMULTV.com. SIMULTV.com. Welcome everyone to Too Good to Be True. Thank you for taking the time to listen. The subject for today's show is unidentified serial killers, with the Zodiac Killer probably being the best known. Due to today's content, we encourage younger listeners to be accompanied by an adult. Before we start getting into details, let's just briefly talk about the psychic insight and how we apply it. We choose a subject, then research it, and based on that research, we determine what we think needs to be explained by creating a series of questions, and Justina provides psychic insight to answer those questions. The Psychic Insight is narrated towards the end of the show. Accepting the Psychic Insight is a question of individual belief. Now let's go through the disclaimers. Here are the disclaimers. Neither of us claim to have any expertise in any subjects that we discuss. We relate information we find through research and the Psychic Insight. We are always delighted to hear from the listeners. The show only lasts an hour. We don't have the time to present exhaustive research on any topic. This means that there will be information that we miss. We want to provide a basis for the psychic insight. We don't care if a theory turns out too good to be true, as the show name suggests. We are only interested in finding out more of the truth about topics. Spirit can only relate insight that is appropriate for our time in history. Free will cannot be affected. Only comments that are appropriate for our time can be given through the psychic insight. Much of the subject matter in shows may have already been covered many times in other media. We want to look into subjects in a new, different way and be thought-provoking. We are not so good with pronouncing names, so we apologize. And neither of us have any particular knowledge of serial killers or of criminal investigation. If we have misstated anything, we apologize. Today's subject is your idea. The reality of serial killers is scary enough, but unidentified serial killers living among us is really a terrifying thought. Possibly innovative techniques such as analysis of genetics data, as in the recent arrest of the alleged Golden State Killer, will bring more alleged killers to trial. That remains to be seen. I don't know much about serial killers, but was shocked when I looked at Wikipedia when I found 63 pages on identified serial killers. Why don't you concentrate on one of the more infamous cases? The only one I've heard of in the list besides Jack the Ripper is the Zodiac Killer. Why is the name Zodiac Killer used? It is the same name used for himself in the letters he sent to newspapers and police. He also included a sketch of a circle with horizontal and vertical lines drawn through it, looking like crosshairs. When did this all happen? The following quote from Wikipedia describes the events. Quote, the Zodiac Killer or Zodiac was a serial killer who operated in Northern California from at least the late 1960s to the early 1970s. The killer's identity remains unknown. The Zodiac murdered victims in Benicia, Balajo, 
Lake Berryessa and San Francisco between December 1968 and October 1969. Four men and three women between the ages of 16 and 29 were targeted. The killer originated the name Zodiac in a series of taunting letters sent to the local Bay Area press. These letters include four cryptograms or ciphers. Of the four cryptograms sent, only one has been definitely sold. Suspects have been named by law enforcement and amateur investigators, but no conclusive evidence has surfaced. The San Francisco Police Department marked the case inactive in April 2004, but reopened it at some point prior to March 2007. The case also remains open in the city of Vallejo, as well as in Napa County and Solano County. The California Department of Justice has maintained an open case file on the Zodiac murders since 1969, unquote. In the same article, it is stated that, both, that among the victims, five are confirmed dead, two injured and possibly 20 to 28 total dead. But the perpetrator claims to have killed 37. What did the cryptogram that was deciphered say? The killer apparently did, did it for the thrill, thinking that he will be rewarded in the afterlife with his victims becoming his slaves. He doesn't give his name because he wants more slaves. How did the Zodiac Killer murder his victims? By shooting or stabbing them. What is the motive for a Zodiac killing? The website Psychology Today in a 2015 article entitled The Zodiac and Other Thrill Killers provides an explanation. Quote, Thrill killers are a type of serial killer that derives immense satisfaction from the process of murder. That is, the acts leading up to it, such as tracking their victim, rather than the killing itself. They come to crave the euphoric adrenaline rush provided by stalking and capturing their victim. Tracking their prey becomes an addiction for them, much like a narcotic drug. The primary motive of thrill killers is to induce pain or terror in their victims prior to killing them, which provides intense stimulation and excitement. The victims of a thrill killer are generally strangers, although the killer may stalk them for a period of time before the attack in order to fuel the excitement of the hunt. Normally, the attack of a thrill killer is swift, and there is generally no sexual aspect to the murder. Once a victim is dead, a thrill killer typically loses interest in him her almost immediately. The article continues. Thrill killers are perfectionists and often have narcissist personalities. Such traits may drive them to pursue the goal of a perfect murder or delude them into thinking that they will never be caught, unquote. Were any suspects identified? The Wikipedia article names a number of suspects, but all the different investigations don't seem to go anywhere. The composite sketch description the San Francisco Police Department put out at the time was as follows. White male, aged 35 to 45 years old, 5 foot 8 inches, reddish brown hair, crew cut, heavy rim glasses, navy blue or black jacket. 5 foot 8 is 1.73 meters. There's also the identification of a taller man wearing an executioner style hood with dark lenses over the eye, eye holes in the hood. So the suspect would be aged about 90 years of age by now? Yes, the suspect would be either elderly or would have passed on. Who is the next unidentified serial killer? This is the redhead murderer. Recently, the series of murders committed decades ago in, in the southern United States has, become, has come back in the news. Here's part of an article from the Knoxville, Tennessee, Knox News website from September of this year. Quote, a Campbell County homicide victim has de whose death has long been associated with the so-called redhead murders has been identified as an Indiana woman more than 33 years after her body was discovered off Interstate 75. Tina Marie McKenney Farmer, who was reported missing from Indiana, has been positively identified through fingerprinting, according to a Tennessee Bureau of Investigation news release Thursday. The article continues. The autopsy previously determined she was the victim of a homicide and likely had been killed several days before her body was discovered. The cause of death has not been specified. The autopsy also revealed she was two to five months pregnant. According to Farmer's date of birth, she was 21, unquote. Any murder is tragic, but such a young woman who is going to have a baby is especially so. Up until very recently, she was just a Jane Doe. 
but how many murders were there? The same article provides the information along with some new analysis. Quote, the case was among a series of at least 11 unsolved homicides involving young women with red or reddish hair and slight builds whose bodies were found close to major highways in Tennessee and several other states between 1978 and 1992. In May, a group of students in a sociology class at Elizabethan High School in Carter County, Tennessee, developed a detailed character profile of a single suspect they believe may have been responsible for at least six of the murders, including Farmer's death, unquote. So what was the profile that the sociology students came up with? This was reported in the Elizabethan Star newspaper in May of this year. Alex Campbell referred to in the quote is a sociology teacher, quote, we believe he is still alive and living in a Knoxville area, Campbell said. In the profile created by, the, by students, they were, unable, they were able to find, out, find this out the subject is a male born no later than 1962 but no earlier than 1936, with a height between 5 foot 9 inches and 6 foot 2 inches, and weight between 180 and 270 pounds. The profile estimates that the individual worked as a truck driver and lives near the Knoxville area due to the trend of the six murders taking place on the I-4 corridor or along I-75 and I-81. Other profiles highlighted include the subject having an above-average IQ, being right-handed, coming from an unstable home, being able to have emotional relationships with others and having the motive of being a mission-oriented killer due to the deaths caused by suffocation, unquote. Five foot nine inches and six foot, six foot two inches correspond to 1.75 and 1.88 meters, while 180 to 270 pounds corresponds to 81.6 to 122.5 kilos. As we don't know much about the Tina Marie McKinney Farmer or the circumstances surrounding her death, why don't you provide a summary of one of the other alleged victims of the redhead murder? Finding the body of victim Lisa Nichols is described in Wikipedia, quote, the body of 28-year-old Nichols, who, was also, who also used the last name of Jarvis, was found on September the 16th 1984 along Interstate 40 near West Memphis, Arkansas. She was a resident of West Virginia and authorities were not able to come into contact with family members for some time, indicating she was estranged from them, resulting in her, her remaining unidentified for nearly a year. But I think we're going to have to continue with this quote after the break, Justina. Yes, we'll continue talking about the redhead murders and other unidentified serial killers after the short break. And you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xcbn.net. McConnell here presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God, it was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com.
Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomenon, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, the X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. to Too Good to Be True. Before the break, we were discussing the redhead murders and the unfortunate victim, Lisa Nichols. Dad, can you please continue quoting from Wikipedia? Yes, her body was not identified until June 1985, nine months after she was strangled and left wearing only a sweater. She was identified through fingerprints. Nichols is believed to be part of the redhead murders and she was found along a highway and had strawberry blonde hair at the time of her demise. Her remains were identified by a couple from Florida who had allowed her to stay with them for a period of time. Nichols may have been murdered after leaving a truck stop along the highway and may have attempted to hitchhike, unquote. It sounds like strawberry blonde was close enough to being a redhead for the killer. Another alleged victim's name became known only days ago in October of this year. She was Epsi Regina Black Pilgrim of North Carolina. The circumstances surrounding her death are in Wikipedia. Quote, the body of a woman who had died by suffocation was found in a white Admiral refrigerator in Gray, Knox County, Kentucky, on April 1st, 1985, alongside Route 25. The refrigerator had a decal of the word Superwoman on the front. The victim had been dead for a few days and was nude except for two distinctive necklace pendants, one of a heart and the other of a gold-colored eagle and two pairs of socks, one white and the other white with green and yellow stripes. There were reports that the victim may have been soliciting a ride to North Carolina over a CB radio. The article continues. Her eyes were light brown and her hair was red and nearly a foot long, which fit the pattern of the redhead killer. After her autopsy, she was determined to be between 24 and 35 years old and approximately 4 foot 9 to 4 feet 11 inches tall. It is also possible that she owned a pair of boots found near the refrigerator. Unquote. 4 foot 9 to 4 feet, 4 feet 11 inches corresponds to 1.45 to 1.5 meters. How did they confirm her identity? With DNA following the Kentucky police asking for help from the public in June of 2017. It's good to know that the police work is still going on in these cases after all this time. The Wetzel County victim was found naked alongside Route 250 near Littleton, Wetzel County, West Virginia on February 13, 1983. She may have been the victim of sexual assault. Were there other victims that were found that were assumed to have been murdered by the same individual? 
The Cheatham County victim was found as a skeleton on March the 31st, 1985, in Pleasant View, Tennessee. She is believed to have been between the ages of 31 and 40. Cause of death is unknown. She was fully clothed at the time of her death. The Green County victim was found on April 14th, 1985, in Greenville, Tennessee. She was 14 to 25 years old and 5 feet 4 inches to 5 foot 6 inches. That's 160 centimetres tall and weighed 100 to 140 pounds or 59 to 64 kilograms. Is there anything more in the suspect from any source? The website Psychology Today in an article from May of this year mentions author Jane Carlyle, who published the book The Redhead Murders in 2017. Quote, she believed that the killer targeted victims who he knew had no one who might come looking for them. This would suggest that the killer picked up, redhead, picked up redheads, queried them, and then decided to kill them based on satisfactory responses, unquote. Who is the next unidentified serial killer? This unidentified serial killer illustrates the high risk the prostitutes are being murdered. The perpetrator is called the Daytona Beach Killer, with Daytona, of course, being on the Atlantic coast of Florida. How high is the risk? This was estimated to be 204 per 100,000 in the early 2000s, compared with 4 per 100,000 for female liquor store workers. Also, the risk of some kind of assault on a prostitute is more of a certainty than a probability. When did this happen and who were the victims? Four bodies were found between December 2005 and December 2007 in the Daytona area. Wikipedia describes the victims. Quote, the first known victim was 40-year-old, sorry, 45-year-old Laqueta Gunther, who was found in an alley on December 26, 2005. She had been shot in the back of the head. DNA was recovered from the scene. The sec second victim was 34-year-old Julie Green, found January the 14th, 2006. She had also been shot in the back of the head. No DNA was recovered, but tire tracks were found. The tires were for a 2003 Taurus or Sable, and in fact, exact tires were later found. Just over a month later, on February the 24th, 2006, police found the body of Iwana Patton, 35, on a dirt road. She had been shot, but not in the back of the head, and possibly had struggled with the killer. DNA was recovered along with a shell casing that allowed police to identify the make and model of the pistol used of 40 caliber Smith & Wesson Sigma Series VE. Ballistics and recovered bullets and recovered DNA matched. Authorities received an anonymous telephone call describing the location of Patton's body, but the caller was, was eventually identified and questioned and is not a suspect in the killings. All three women are believed to have worked as sex workers in the Daytona Beach area. Police believe the victims voluntarily accompanied their killer, possibly in a vehicle, and were subsequently murdered and dumped in the same area of Daytona Beach. The killer did not attempt to conceal the bodies. The remains of Stacy Charlene Gage, 30, was found on January the 2nd, 2008. She had been shot in the head. Police believe she was killed December the 11th, 2007. Police had, have further stated that the circumstances surrounding the case are eerily similar to the three previous unsolved homicides. Unlike the first three victims, Gage did not have a criminal record involving prostitution. However, she did have a, a history of drug problems. The van Gage, the van Gage was driving that the night she was just she disappeared, was re later recovered. Unquote. Were there any other victims of the same killer? An article in the Orlando Sentinel newspaper from 2010 suggests there could be more victims. Here's part of the article. Quote. According to the FBI, the four killings are among 28 in Florida that are unsolved and connected to serial killings that the Bureau suspects were committed by long-haul truckers. Those include 19 deaths along, interstate, along the Interstate 4 corridor between Tampa and Daytona Beach, although all but one local enforcement agency denies any serial killer cases on its books. The FBI report doesn't document Sorry, the FBI report documents dozens of serial killings of people whose bodies were dumped near popular trucking routes. The report is accompanied by a map that shows the FBI plotting more than 500 serial killings, mostly prostitutes and female drug users, 
across the United States, unquote. So prostitutes and female drug users are targeted because the chances of anyone immediately missing them are slight. Apparently with no lead or suspect or arrest made within 48 hours, the likelihood of solving a case is cut in half. But I think there is just time for one more unidentified serial killer. But perhaps it should be someone from outside of the United States. I think we should talk about the Bowerville murders, especially as there was a recent development. Here is a quote from Wikipedia. Quote, The Bowerville murders were a series of killings that took place over a period of five months of September 1990 to February 1999 in Bowerville, New South Wales, Australia. All three victims were Aboriginal. All three victims disappeared after parties in the Aboriginal community in Barrowville in an area known as the Mission. The prime suspect, a local labourer, was charged and tried twice in 1994 and 2006, but was acquitted both times. On the, thir- on 13, on the 13th of September 2018, the Court of Criminal Appeal decided that the prime suspect could not be retried for the murders. Unquote. Who are the victims? They are described in the same Wikipedia article. Quote, the series of three killings took place in the rural timber town of Barrowville in New South Wales, mid-north coast region. The first person to disappear, to disappear was 16-year-old Colleen Walker, who was reported missing on September the 13th, 1990. Her body has never been found. The second to disappear was Walker's cousin, Evelyn Greenup, on October the 4th, 1990. The third victim was 16-year-old Clinton Speedy Durow on February the 1st, 1991, unquote. Evelyn Greenout was only four years old when she was murdered. What about the murder trial for the third victim? Local newspaper, the Shepparton News, explained on September the 13th of this year that the legal reasons for no trial... Uh, sorry, I'll start it again. Local newspaper, the Shepparton News, explained on September 13th of this year the legal reasons for no trial for the murder of Colleen Walker. Quote, the coroner has ruled she was murdered, although no charges have ever been laid. In the appeal court, the government argued there was fresh and compelling evidence relating to the disappearance of Colleen to justify the overturning of the two acquittals and the ordering of a single trial on three murder charges. Under New South Wales Double Jeopardy Laws, revised 2006, a person can be tried for the same crime for which they have already been acquitted, provided there's fresh and compelling evidence. This evidence was said to relate to similarities in the three cases, which allegedly linked them to each other and to their killer. But Chief Justice Tom Bathurst and Justices Clifton Hoban and Lucy McCullum found there was no fresh evidence in Evelyn's case, and Clinton's case could not be considered by itself. Unquote. The name of the defendant in the two trials was not made public for legal reasons. I hope new evidence comes to light to convict the murderer or exonerate any individual wrongly accused. But we'll have to continue with the questions and the psychic insight about unidentified serial killers after the short break. And you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xcbn.net. watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, simultv.com, simultv.com. What's simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. 
Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. SIMULTV.com. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is, for more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. Before the break, we were discussing different unidentified serial killers. But with that, I think it's time for the first question. Why are there so many unidentified serial killers? Basically because when killings happen, it's hard to trace it back to an actual serial killer. So when serial killers kill, sometimes there are similarities in their killings, but not always. So it's very difficult to trace one killing to the next to the next and trace them all back to the same person. Has the Zodiac Killer committed other murders and in Northern California from the late 1960s to the early 1970s? Yes. So he continued killing after the early 1970s? Yes. Why did the Zodiac Killer target younger men and women with ages between 16 and 19? Because of the innocence of them. So he targeted that age group before they are technically in their adulthood. So it is kind of adolescence he was going after. In letters to newspapers and police, why did the perpetrator identify himself as a Zodiac killer? Basically to get attention. So it was, quote, cool name to get attention from the public. Given the letters to the authorities, is there any connection between the Zodiac killer and Jack the Ripper? No. Why did the perpetrator include in the, in the letters a sketch of a circle with a, a horizontal and vertical lines drawn through it, looking like crosshairs? Basically, as a clue to where some of the bodies would be found. Can you say more about that? There is a map of where the killings occurred. So the locations of where the people were buried is a large map, kind of like a drawing that the killer made. So this map is in the killer's possession or some other place? Yes. Is the Zodiac Killer among suspects that have been named by law enforcement or amateur investigators? The police have talked to the person, yes. Why wasn't there sufficient evidence left at the crime scenes to have identified the perpetrator? Basically because the perpetrator was getting better and better. So they knew what evidence to leave and what evidence not to leave. So there was a lot of research involved so the person couldn't be traced. Why has no other conclusive evidence ever surfaced? Basically because the person is very careful so they have knowledge of what law enforcement are looking for. How would that person have that knowledge? They have an inside connection, you could say. Are there 20 to 28 total victims, including the confirmed five that are dead and the two injured? Or are there 27 victims as claimed by the perpetrator? There are 37. Why did the San Francisco Police Department mark the case inactive in April of 2004, but then reopen it at some point prior to March of 2007? They found some evidence that was stored way improperly that they wanted to take a look at, but did not want to release information to the public since it didn't make the department look very good for losing evidence. Did the Zodiac Killer always stalk his victims or was he also an opportunistic killer? He always researched and watched his victims before committing the horrible acts. Did the Zodiac Killer murder people just for the, kill just for the thrill of killing? Yes, basically the high he got from killing. Why does the Zodiac Killer think that he will be rewarded in the afterlife 
with his victims becoming his slaves. Basically, what twisted information he has in his mind. So in his mind, he's doing something positive, something that is rewarding for him. So this goes back to people having a choice, that, that when they make a choice, there are rewards and there are negative consequences. In his mind, the rewards are greater, and the killing is just something he needs to do to be rewarded. How did the perpetrator become psychopathic with complete indifference to the suffering of the victims and of their families? Unfortunately, he was born that way. So there are issues inside of his brain and with his mental health. So he is mentally ill? Correct. Why did the perpetrator either use a gun or a knife to kill? Basically, depending on the person, choosing of the weapon was part of the previous research about the victim. Did the Zodiac Killer derive immense satisfaction from the process, process of murder? That is, the acts, of le the acts leading up to it, such as tracking the victim rather than the killing itself. Yes, it's kind of the high leading up to it. And then the moment of the killing is the ultimate high, you could say. Did tracking his prey become an addiction for him, much like a narcotic drug? Yes. Did the Zodiac Killer terrorize his victims prior to killing them? to provide intense stimulation and excitement? Unfortunately, yes. Is the Zodiac Killer a perfectionist with a narcissistic, narcissistic personality? Among other mental issues, so also would be diagnosed with antisocial personality disorder, or more commonly known as a psychopath. Does or did the Zodiac Killer believe he will never be caught or identified? In his mind, yes. Was the Zodiac Killer a white male aged 35 to 45 years old, 5 foot 8 inches tall, with reddish brown hair, a crew cut, with heavy rimmed glasses, wearing a navy blue or black jacket. The clothing depends on which victim, and the hair color does vary, but for the most part, that description is pretty similar. Given the detail of the description, was the perpetrator wearing a disguise when seen? Yes. The Zodiac Killer was alternatively identified as a taller male wore an executioner-style hood with dark lenses over the eye holes in the hood. Was that the Zodiac Killer? No. Are there more than more? Are there more than one perpetrator believed to be the Zodiac Killer? No. So where did the executioner-style hood description come from? Basically, there's been other related killings that aren't exactly the same, and the description was more heightened to be more scary. For the most part, the killer wears normal clothes, does not wear the costume, more costume-like. So the witness reports kind of got heightened with extreme details. Why did the killing stop? One, there is a traumatic event in their personal life. And two, the killer is still excited that he hasn't been caught. So he is living off the high of getting away with the murders. Is the Zodiac Killer dead or elderly? Elderly, yes, but still alive. What else can you say about the Zodiac Killer? That unfortunately, like some other serial killers, it would be very hard to identify who this person is. And at this point, with how long it's been since the bodies were discovered, it would be very difficult to trace anything back. So the problem is that with a lot of crime scenes, you have to catch the person pretty quickly after. So it is very difficult when there is little to no evidence, and it's been such a long time. Changing subject to the redhead murderer, why did it take 33 years to only recently identify with fingerprints Tina Marie McKinney Farmer as a victim? Basically because of the technology. So the technology is ever-changing, which assists in the different cases. Was uh, Tina Marie McKinney Farmer 21 years old when she died? Yes. Was the same perpetrator responsible for at least 11 unsolved homicides involving young women with red or reddish hair and slight builds whose bodies were found close to major highways between 1978 and 1992? Yes. Is the perpetrator still alive and living in the Knoxville area? No. Is the perpetrator dead? Yes. Was, was the perpetrator male, born no later than 1962, but no earlier than 1936, with a height between 5 foot 9 inches and 6 foot 2 inches, and a weight between 180 and 270 pounds? Yes. 
Did the perpetrator work as a truck driver living near the Knoxville area? Yes, he worked in transportation. Was it in the Knoxville area? In the approximate area, not exactly, but close. Was the perpetrator above average IQ, right-handed from an unstable home, able to have emotional relationships with others, and a mission-oriented killer due to the deaths caused by suffocation? That could be said. Was the emotional attachment is something that's up for debate, but in a way, yes. Was 20-year-old Lisa Nichols a victim of the redhead murderer? That could be said. Was S.B. Regina Black Pilgrim only identified very re recently because of more sophisticated DNA analysis? Correct. Why was the victim's body dumped in a refrigerator? Basically to keep it for later. Was the perpetrator going back to put the body somewhere else? Yes, so that the perpetrator was going to come back, remove the body, visit the body, and then leave to a different area. Basically, the perpetrator had something come up which stopped it from happening. How old was the Wetzel County victim when she was murdered? Approximately 22 years old. Given that she may have been sexually assaulted, was the Wetzel County victim murdered by the redhead murderer? Yes. Was the Cheatham County victim between the ages of 31 and 40 when she was murdered? A little younger, in her late 20s. How was she murdered? Suffocation. Was the Cheatham County victim murdered by the redhead murderer? Yes. How old was the Green County victim when she was murdered? Younger, so 18 or 19. Was the Green County victim murdered by the redhead murderer? No. So she was murdered by somebody else? Correct. Was this a copycat or just another murder? Not a copycat, but a murder by someone she knew. Did the redhead murderer, redhead murderer target victims who might have no one to come looking for them if they disappeared? Correct. I think we need to go into a break, Justina. Yes, after the short break, we'll continue with the questions and psychic insight about unidentified serial killers. And you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomena, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, the X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com 
or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation, keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simo TV. Simo TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, sci-fi, and horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. Before the break, we were discussing the questions and the psychic insight about unidentified serial killers and the redhead murderer specifically. So, Dad, can you please continue with the questions? Yes. Did the redhead murderer as a truck driver or transportation worker give rise to redheads, query them, and then decide to kill them based on satisfactory responses? Yes. What was the motivation for the redhead murderer, especially selecting victims of red or red, near red hair and slight builds? From a traumatic event, those types of women were his targets because they reminded him of that event. So he wanted to eliminate anyone who looked that way. And again, there is a high of killing. So getting the high of the eliminating people who looked like that. Why did the redhead, redhead murderer strangle his victims? He wanted the close contact. Does the redhead murderer have other victims that haven't been mentioned? Yes, two others. Have their bodies been found? One has, one hasn't. How did the murderer become psychopathic with complete indifference to the suffering of the victims and of their families? That was triggered by a traumatic event. So basically you can think of a switch going off in the brain where the switch was turned off, where their emotions, empathy, normal emotions were completely off, and the person lived to destroy others. Why has there been insufficient evidence to identify and put an alleged redhead murderer on trial? Basically because of when these murders happened. So the technology was not on par with what it is today. So DNA technology and advancements, even in evaluating the evidence, will help with these. So it's possible that the redhead murderer might be identified in the future? Correct. What more can you say about the redhead murderer? Just a warning to anyone who's interested in hitchhiking or t taking different rides from other people is to always be very, very careful. So you never know who you're taking a ride from. And unfortunately, there are killers out there like the redhead murderer who will target certain types. So always be very careful, always tell someone where you are going, and always be cautious, since you never know who someone actually is. So some people, like the redhead murderer, seem very normal on the outside, but you don't know their dark history. Changing subject to the Daytona Beach killer, what can be done to convince prostitutes that they are at a high risk of being assaulted and or murdered? It's very difficult, since they're living for the money and just trying to make their way. So the best thing that could be done is more education and educating women that there's other ways that they can be successful and try to get them the help that they need. So alerting them to the danger, but also trying to help them with their education and finding other safer sources of income. Were identified prostitutes Luketa Gunther, Julie Green and Iwana Patton murdered by the Daytona Beach killer? Yes. Why did the murderer use a gun to kill his victims? He wanted the instant killing and more of a distance between them because he did not find his victims appealing, you could say. What was the motive behind the killings? 
He thought that the victims were disgusting and trashed, and he wanted them to be eliminated. He thought that their lives were meaningless. Why didn't the murderer attempt to conceal their bodies? Because, again, the victims didn't deserve a burial in the person's mind. Was Stacy Charlene Gage a victim of the Daytona Beach killer? Yes. Was Stacy's drug problem instrumental in her becoming a victim? Yes and no. There could have been more intervention where the drug problem was helped. But again, it's very hard to change the timeline of events. Was Stacy's van stolen by the murderer? Yes, then dumped. With 28 unsolved murders in Florida connected to serial killings, is the Daytona Beach killer responsible for more than four murders? Yes. Is the FBI correct in thinking that the individuals responsible for the 28 serial killings in Florida are long-haul truckers? That could be said. Can you say how many killings a Daytona Beach killer is responsible for? Of the discovered ones, six. Is the FBI correct in that there are more than 500 serial killings, mostly prostitutes and female drug users, across the United States? Even more. The numbers are lower for the reported ones, but in reality are higher since a lot of the women go missing and no one reports it. Even with DNA evidence a reality today, why has there been insufficient evidence to identify and put an alleged Daytona Beach killer on trial? Because the DNA evidence has to be left. So it's very difficult when the killer is very careful about leaving DNA. So, for example, wearing a mask, wearing gloves, not really making any physical contact with the victims. And also, if there is physical contact, trying to destroy the DNA evidence or make it so it's almost impossible to recover. So DNA evidence can be very helpful. Yes, but it also has to be left at the scene where investigators have to find it. Has the Daytona Beach killer stopped killing? Yes. Is the Daytona Beach killer still alive? Yes. What made him stop killing? Basically having a normal life, so settling down. How did the, how did the killer become psychopathic with complete indifference to the suffering of the victims and of their families? Basically a scenario with drugs, prostitution, etc., so this event led to the killings, making the women seem vile and disgusting in their mind. And they felt that they did not deserve to live on this planet. And he was the one who was going to help with that. Is there anything more you can say about the Daytona Beach killer? Basically, again, that anyone, not just women, should be very careful. And also that some killers are very normal on the outside. So, for example, the killer did perform these murders, and now you could say had a change in lifestyle where he lives a normal life now. Is there hope that the Daytona Beach killer will be brought to justice? Yes. Changing subject to the Bowerville murders in Australia, where 16-year-old Colleen Walker, 4-year-old Evelyn Greenup, and 16-year-old Clinton Speedy Giroux, all victims of the same killer? Yes. How were the children murdered? Various means, so each killing was a more individual act. Is that why it's been difficult to get a prosecution? Yes, correct. Are there, are there any similarities between the murders? Yes, there's evidence found at the scene that is basically very original that leaks the killings. What was the motive behind the murders? Just to kill, so not really a motive, just someone who has very dark tendencies and opportunities to kill. Why wasn't there sufficient evidence to convince juries in two trials? Basically because of the lack of evidence. So again, it's very hard to connect the murders. Why is there insufficient proof in the murder of Colleen Walker to identify and put an alleged killer on trial? Again, it's very hard because there's not really anything to trace back to the killer. So the evidence found is very vague, you could say. So the lack of physical evidence. Correct. What can anyone do that are associated with the families or otherwise to bring new evidence to light? Just make sure that the investigators go back and evaluate with open minds and also new investigators to look at the evidence. Sometimes it takes a new mind who's looking at the evidence with an open mind to be able to find small things that other investigators may have missed. Has the Bowerville murder stopped killing? Yes. Is there anything further you can say about the Bowerville murders? That once the evidence is looked at even more, the killer would become more and more obvious. 
How did the murder become psychopathic with complete indifference to the suffering of the victims and of their families? They are born that way. What besides I'd already stated can potential victims do to avoid being murdered by a serial killer? Number one, always tell someone where you are going. So never go to somewhere without leaving a note for someone. Send a text, have a phone call. Also make sure to stay in well-lit places, locations that are more visited by people, public places that are known to be more safe. So for example, if you go to a park at night, make sure you tell someone where you are going, make sure it's well-lit. Make sure there are not places where someone could sneak up on you and just be more attentive to what's around you. Also invest in some type of weapon if needed. So for example, pepper spray, even small things like keys can be used as weapons. And also be aware that number one reason that most difficult is being aware of surroundings. So people are on their cell phones constantly. They're basically zoned out. But instead being aware of who's around you, what they're trying to do and pick up on those signs. But the hard part with serial killers is that they are not always using an opportunity, but sometimes they do have targeted victims. So again, being as safe as possible and always report suspicious people and getting out of the situation and one feels that it's a negative or that it's unsafe. That was the final, that was the last answer. Is the future arrest or identification of unidentified serial killers too good to be true? That depends on what you are prepared to believe. These, besides the Zodiac killer, the, the, um, the serial killers we discussed were pretty much chosen at random. And I was very surprised at all the recent uh, events and new evidence and uh, um, identification of victims. Uh, that, that was a pretty amazing. Well, I think we need to give credit where credit's due to all the different police members, all the different people in general who are working on these cases, since a lot of them aren't giving up and they do want to get some closure for the families. And we also want to say we pay the most ultimate respect to the families of these victims. But on that note, I'm going to mention our Facebook page and our website. So our Facebook page at Too Good To Be True with the first two spelled T-W-O and our website at toogoodtobetrue.net. So if the listeners, you guys like the subject today, if you're interested in serial killers, if you're interested in subjects like this, we would love to hear from you guys and any other suggestions as always. And we thank each and every one that is listening, all the listeners, and we look forward to next week's show. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is TV. TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games, 
No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand, live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365.